Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. set to gather in Thailand for the 35th ASEAN Summit. Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte is scheduled to arrive there tonight. Our correspondent Vivian Gulia joins us live from Nontaburi. So what more can you tell us, Viv? Hi, Kathy. President Rodrigo Duterte is on his way to Thailand to attend the 35th ASEAN Summit and other other summits or meetings, and that's to advance regional cooperation amid growing protectionism among some nations. That's as uh, his home region, Mindanao, is reeling from a series of earthquakes that uh, caused deaths and uh, and uh, heavy damage toll. But Malacanang assures the uh, Filipinos that President Duterte will continue to be on top of the situation and that he will continue to monitor particularly the earthquake hit areas. The next three days will be busy for President Duterte as his spokesperson says he will be attending nine ASEAN summit events. The Philippine president is scheduled to meet with fellow Southeast Asian leaders during the 35th ASEAN summit plenary scheduled Saturday afternoon. On Sunday, he will attend ASEAN's one-on-one summits with China, India and the United Nations. The ASEAN Plus Three summit, which includes China, Japan and South Korea, will take place on Monday, followed by the ASEAN United States summit the 14th East Asia Summit, the ASEAN-Japan Summit, and the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership Summit. During the plenary, President Duterte is expected to talk about the long-delayed code of conduct in the South China Sea. Philippine Ambassador to Thailand Mary Jo Bernardo Aragon says there are continuing talks for an early conclusion of the COC, which is expected to reduce tensions in the region. As a country coordinator for the ASEAN-China Dialogue, uh, I, I believe it's, it, would, it's, it is to the interest of uh, ASEAN that uh, we uh, look forward to an early conclusion of the code of conduct uh, in, in the South China Sea. Uh, I think this, this will greatly help uh, uh, reduce tension uh, in the region, which, is, uh, which will be conducive to the sustained uh, economic growth of the region, which is a common interest to all ASEAN uh, member countries. So we try to look at uh, it uh, in that aspect to, uh, to conclude, uh, to have an early conclusion on the code of conduct. Earlier this year, ASEAN member states had committed to exercise self-restraint in the conduct of activities in the disputed waters and to avoid actions that may further complicate the situation. Trade issues between the two economic giants, the U.S. and China, are also expected to be tackled at the summit. The current uh, trade issues between the two countries uh, will naturally uh, have an effect uh, on, on ASEAN, on the different ASEAN member states, and of course on the Philippines. And we, we hope that uh, the two uh, major countries, economic uh, countries, uh, will be able to resolve uh, their issues. Uh, we do take note of uh, some progress in their, in their bilateral talks, 
and uh, we look forward to an early conclusion of their issues. The Philippines, meanwhile, is optimistic negotiations of the Asia-wide free trade agreement involving 16 countries, including the Philippines, will be concluded during the RCEP summit on Monday. There are, there are some negotiations now on the, uh, on the, on the RCEP. Uh, we look forward to uh, an early conclusion of uh, RCEP, which will uh, greatly benefit our uh, our uh, our Philipp our country and the people, especially when we are um, uh, enjoying uh, positive economic growth compared to other countries uh, in the region. During the summit, Aragon says state leaders are expected to discuss coordinated efforts to combat climate change and marine pollution. The Foreign Affairs Department anticipates around 40 outcome documents at the end of the summit and related summits, which are in pursuit of a more inclusive, equitable and sustainable ASEAN community. This year's summit theme is Partnership for Sustainability. President Duterte will be accompanied by Foreign Affairs Secretary Teodoro Loxin Jr., Finance Secretary Carlos Dominguez III, Trade Secretary Ramon Lopez, Social Welfare Secretary Rolando Bautista, Energy Secretary Alfonso Cusi, Social Economic Planning Secretary Ernesto Pernia, PCOO Secretary Martin Andanar, Presidential Spokesperson Salvador Panelo, PH Permanent Representative to ASEAN Noel Servigon and Aragon. Kathy, according to reports, U.S. President Donald Trump will be skipping this year's ASEAN summit and will be sending instead National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien and Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross asked if this sends a wrong message to the ASEAN. Andanar says he doesn't think so and that um, one unatt unattended meeting will not change the relationship between the ASEAN and the U.S. In a press conference earlier, Andanar also said that the president has one scheduled bilateral meeting but did not disclose close yet which country with which country back to you Kathy. Fifth, the uh, government there has declared public holidays in Bangkok and they're in Nontaburi for the event so what is security like ahead of the leaders meeting? Kathy security is really tight here in Nontaburi um, and I believe there are from what we have read uh, there are 17 thousand security personnel scattered here to ensure that those who will be attending the ASEAN summit are safe and uh, secure. Kathy? All right. Thank you so much for that update. Vivian Gulia live from Nantaburi in Thailand. Back here at home, investors brace for a data-heavy week ahead with inflation and economic growth figures all set to be released. As Bruce Rodriguez reports, both economic managers and analysts agree consumer prices will remain stable. The jury is still out, though, on whether the economy can again meet its growth target. The Philippines' catch-up plan in infrastructure spending starting to pay off, at least according to the chief economist of local lender, RCBC. Because of this, Michael Ricafort says the Philippine economy can grow at least 6% in the third quarter of 2019, signaling the first time growth hit government's 6 to 7% target range in two quarters. It would be largely driven by the dramatic increase in government spending, especially on infrastructure. We have seen the government spending for the month of September alone already jumping by almost 40%, and the infrastructure items. Uh, went up by 69% to 100 billion for the month alone. 
Ricafort also says the damage caused by a series of major earthquakes in southern Philippines is not seen to further drag economic growth as rebuilding efforts can offset any losses. Before the tremors, Davao, a growth engine in Mindanao, has been clocking in growth north of 8%. Aside from resurgent infrastructure works, Ricafort and other economists are seeing a further boost from the easing inflationary environment. That may allow more room for monetary easing from the Philippine Central Bank, like more cuts in the reserve requirement ratio of banks, as well as a reduction in its policy interest rate. And if all does go well, Luis Limlingan of Regina Capital says the PSE index may continue its rally beyond the 8,000 level. We have the uh, earnings that are coming out next week. I think more heavyweights are uh, coming out, like, uh, especially, for example, the property led by Ayala Land. We saw the banking sector report. It was much, uh, I guess, they, they made up for the, the weak performance in 2018 as a whole so far as what we've, we've witnessed. However, the specter of the delay in approving the national budget may persist, with institutions like the World Bank and Asian Development Bank cutting their growth forecast for the Southeast Asian nation. Inflation figures for October are due out on the 5th of November, while third quarter GDP growth numbers come out two days after. Bruce Rodriguez, ABS-CBN News. Economists doubt the Philippine government will be able to spend enough on infrastructure to boost growth above 6% before the end of 2019, a gloomy outlook ahead of the third quarter GDP report due out next week. Warren de Guzman reports. UP Professor Emeritus Epictetus Patalinghog believes government's massive 8 trillion peso or roughly $160 billion build, build, build initiative won't pay off as expected. Patalinghog conducted a study on infraspending in the Philippines as part of a new Asian Development Bank book on infrastructure financing in Asia. We measure the infrastructure efficiency in the ASEAN. Actual infrastructure projects completed divided by infrastructure expenditures. For every $1 spent on Philippine infrastructure, only 40 cents are actualized in actual infrastructure project facilities, tax. In Singapore and Malaysia, for every $1 of expenditures, 95 cents are realized as ADB also conducted a study in 2016 to estimate the total infrastructure requirement for the Asia-Pacific up to 2030. They found the entire region has a lot of catching up to do in terms of infrafinance. Asia-Pacific needs 1.5 trillion per year for infrastructure. And if we calculate also how we will handle the climate change, mitigation and adaptation both the numbers are growing to 1.7 trillion. All the financing by multilateral development bank, for example, you take into account World Bank, Islamic Development Bank, AIIB, ADB, and others, it will not more than 20%. But Patalinghog says the Philippines in particular has another handicap to overcome. Many of the projects on the pipeline are just a wish list. No feasibility has been done there. Why is there underspending? There is lack of capacity. They cannot even do project analysis. 
Transport Undersecretary Gary de Guzman did not discuss capacity. He insists government is on track this year. And while he admits there are roadblocks to implementation, he says these are being worked out. Uh, we have a committed spending of about 80 billion for the OTR for this year. And we are uh, confident that we can hit the target provided that our rail sector will be able to uh, deliver its committed uh, disbursements. The common uh, issue always is the road right-of-way acquisition. Yes, sir. And we are implementing measures to expedite our uh, right-of-way acquisitions. The Guzman says about 80% of the Transport Department's 80 billion peso budget this year is devoted to rail. This includes expenditures for PNR railways connecting Clark to Calamba and Calamba to Bicol. De Guzman says full completion is expected by 2025, with partial operability a goal before the end of the Duterte administration. Government has released its spending numbers for September, and it spiked by 40% year-on-year. Proof, officials say, they are finally catching up after delays caused by the 2019 budget impasse and the midterm election ban on new projects. Economist Alvin Ang says it won't be enough to bring full-year growth to above 6% for the year. But it's only September. Eh? You, have to, you need three quarters to do that. I think we will grow within 5.7-5.8 for the year. The third quarter GDP report is due out Thursday, November 7. Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News. And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.